Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. So it is Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is the beginning of Passion Week or Holy Week and it's where we remember Jesus' final days on the earth where He um, went into Jerusalem and was hailed by His people to be king only to be turned on by those same very people just days later. And it got to the point where they all cried out for Jesus to be crucified. And after hours of betrayal and trial and mocking and beating and torture, Jesus was nailed to the cross. And at the end of his crucifixion, John writes in John 19, and later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that Scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. And when he had received the drink, he said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit, knowing that everything had now been finished and that scripture would be fulfilled, he cried out, it is finished. (sighs) My message this morning is titled, Nothing to Add. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity we have to gather around your word And I pray you will speak to us this morning. I pray you give us a fresh revelation today of your mercy and grace and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people who finds it really hard to hear words like, it is finished. Whether it be for a test or an exam or something where they say, right, time's up. I'm the person that goes, just give me one more minute. I just need one, I wanna add a little bit more. You know, add another, like another sentence or answer a few more questions if I didn't get to them. I always just want that little bit more time because I am a classic adder. I love to add to things. Um, I love to add to anything simple and make it bigger than what it is. You ask Josh, I can overthink and overcomplicate most things. You might be like that in here. Anyone else willing to admit that they are a classic adder? Yes, this message is for you. I, um, I can add to even a simple barbecue. I could make that a three-course meal, just keep adding out things. A gift, I find it really hard. I love shopping for gifts, but I see something, I'm like, I'm gonna get that. And I, they will love that. And I need to get that because that goes with that. I add to any gift I buy. An assignment. My problem is always way too much content. Anyone else do that with their work? I keep adding information because I'm like, I need to add this and this is an amazing revelation. I need to add that into there. And um, yeah, don't give me a word limit. You might be wishing that Tony gave me a word limit this morning, but he didn't. But don't worry, I'm gonna preach short. Um, a simple cleanup of the kitchen. I can literally turn just cleaning up the kitchen into a full house, clean from top to bottom, five loads of washing later, sheets washed and changed, and how I did that, I just kept adding and adding, and I'll do that because I can see that. I'm a classic adder. I know you all do this. A trip to the supermarket to get one thing. I went to get foil this week and I came home with about 15 other things that I thought we were essential, that we'd run out of, which we hadn't. 
Give me a list, I will add to it happily. And it comes from my perfectionism, which wants everything done really well. Any other perfectionists in here? Anyone else need help like me? Yes, we're a bit special. Even this Easter, I was like, what is an amazing revelation of the Easter story, Jesus' death and resurrection? Something I can add to it to make it amazing. And, and I started off adding all this stuff. And it's like the Holy Spirit said, Shana, stop. <laughs> Jesus' death and resurrection is a complete and finished work. There's nothing to add. And I was like, oh, I took a breath. It was the most freeing, amazing moment of my week. <laughs> Jesus' death and resurrection, there is nothing to add. Jesus, who came to earth, who died for my sins to make me right with the Father, who died to give me eternal life. That is a finished and complete work and there is nothing to add. And it's an amazing, amazing feeling as a person who adds to things to think it's done, it's done. There's nothing to add. It was God's perfect plan and the most powerful life-changing plan that you will ever hear. It doesn't need adding to. And I pray this morning that you might have heard the Easter story a million times before. And I pray that you have a fresh revelation of that today, that it's done and it is finished and there is nothing you can add to it. And I pray it brings you such a sense of freedom. We are recipients of his plan. We just received this amazing plan and it is amazing gift for us adders. It is grace, amazing grace poured out for us. A finished work, not by my works or my perfection or my goodness or my achievements, but by the grace of God. It is an invitation for us to respond to. So as we reflect and remember and visualise what Jesus accomplished on the cross this morning, let it amaze you. Let it move you. Let it stir something in you that is going to lead you to a place of worship. Open up your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you this morning. Because here's the truth of the matter is that we all need a saviour. And I think when we understand that revelation, it sets us up to understand what Jesus did and why he did it. We actually all needed saving. And I think sometimes in our Western world, we forget that. We can go on, we're so self-sufficient and we forget actually we need a saviour. And no matter how good I am or how perfect I am or how much I try to add to things or how righteous I think I have been, I still fall short. I still miss the mark. I'm still a sinner. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short. For all, all, not just some, all have sinned and fallen short. And 
sin is missing the mark, falling short. And what are we falling short of? The glory of God. We all fall short. We all sin. And so we need a saviour. Sin means to miss the mark. So if you were to shoot a basketball and it were to miss, it means you're a sinner. It means we fall short. We don't quite meet the standard. And what is the standard? It's the glory of God. It's the perfection of God. And it's a fairly high target. We all fall short, not just some of us, all of us. We all miss the mark. And you can have the best aim and try all your life and have all the things and add to everything, yet you will still fall short. And when we understand we need a saviour, it makes the reality of what Jesus did on the cross come to life for us. So we need righteousness, which is right standing with God. But we have sin. And so that's our problem. And the Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. And Josh shared last week amazingly about how the blood to God's people was a symbol of deliverance. And what they used to do before Jesus came as our once and for all sacrifice, they would take an animal and sacrifice that to make them right with God, to deal with their sin. But Jesus came as our perfect lamb, as our perfect sacrifice, and he who did not sin died in our place. His blood was spilled and he became our sacrifice. I love this scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. And God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that we would become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus came to put us in right standing with God. He had no sin, but he became the righteousness of God for us. It's an incredible exchange. It's actually, sometimes it's too good to think about that we're on the receiving end of this amazing grace. So Jesus enters Jerusalem as a king, but he's now mocked, ridiculed, abandoned, rejected by his own people. And he's arrested, he's put on trial, he is abused, and the crowd cry out for Jesus to be crucified. What Jesus endured, we actually cannot fathom. They tortured him, they beat him, they struck him, they spit on him, they flogged him, they crucified him, and they nailed him to the cross. I can't even begin to imagine the tears of anguish that his most devoted followers had watching his horrific murder. I can't even imagine as his mother being there at the foot of the cross. Horrific. We don't understand what he did for us. And I love that at Easter we get to come around this time and remember we needed saving. We needed right standing with God and Jesus came to make a way for that. 
Yet for the joy set before him. (laughs) Yet for the joy set before him, you and I, that in him we would become the righteousness of God. Yet for the joy set before him, that we would become the righteousness of God. He endured the cross for us. Let that sink in. And then he proclaimed in the middle of his torturous death, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquity. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. It was finished. It was done. The debt was paid when Jesus gave up his spirit and said, it is finished, complete. The work done. The lamb was slain. The debt was paid. The bill was settled. No more torture, torment and pain and abuse for him. No more animal blood sacrifice for sin. No more separation from him. The curtain was torn in two. Because you see what Jesus did on the cross. He dealt with our sin, but he came to give us wholeness and healing and peace with him. And he came to give us eternal life. It was a complete finished work. Nothing to add. Nothing to just like pop on the end of it. No, it was done. It was a finished work. No other sacrifice to be made. No further work required. Jesus paid it all. You cannot earn it. You cannot deserve it. You can't add to it. You can't improve it. You can respond to it. You can respond with gratitude gratitude and praise and thanksgiving because Easter is a reminder of his love and grace and mercy poured out for you and I because we need a saviour. We all fall short, we needed a saviour. How good is God? He is so good. How good is he? Amen. So often we try to add to what God has done for us. And it would be like, it's a complete and finished work, but it would be like if John Villani made me some amazing beef ragout with beautiful, fresh, like pasta, homemade pasta. It would be like me going and I'm just gonna add my own sauce onto it because that would be stupid. He would be finished, a complete amazing, you don't wanna add anything to his amazing sauce or his ragout or his pasta. Or it would be like if I'd paid off my credit card and I, th- I said to the bank, no, no, you know what? I'm gonna keep paying my payments for another year. That's, that's silly. It's done. It's finished. I paid it off. It's all done. Or it would be like when Josh gave me my ring and I said, I'm, I'm just gonna go and add a few diamonds onto it because, no, it's a finished work. It was done. He gave it to me. It's finished. No, nothing more to add. But we do it. We do it. But he paid it all. It's not Jesus and a sacrifice or Jesus and good works or goodness. Our singing, while it is so good, it doesn't add to his finished work. And our 
goodness doesn't add to his finished work and our serving while it's amazing doesn't add to his finished work. It's a response to his finished work. A response to his goodness and kindness and mercy and grace. The sacrifice was perfect. The work was complete on the cross and the debt was paid and the empty tomb meant Death was defeated. And this is such good news for us strivers who like to add to things, who think we can make things better, who think we can add to God's grace. It was done, it's paid for, it's finished. And all we do now is come in response to his amazing grace and say, Lord, you are so good. That's how we can come and stand here and sing, I exalt you because the work was finished. It is nothing of our works. And you know what? How refreshing is that? We're on this side of history that get to rest in his finished work. We take it for granted. It's good news for us. We only need to respond. And how we benefit from such a sacrifice the keys and the musicians can come. Because this is the picture. Our sin is laid on Jesus and his righteousness is laid on us. That's the exchange. My sin laid on Jesus and because of what he did, his righteousness laid on me. It's almost um, too much for my mind to comprehend. It's an unfair exchange. It's a divine exchange. And Isaiah 1:18 says, "My sins were like scarlet, but now they're white as snow." What an exchange. They whip him, and I'm free. They beat him, and I'm free. They push thorns into his skull, and I'm free. They hammer nails into his hands and feet and I'm free. The exchange. Sin for righteousness. Punishment for peace. Wounds for healing. Sorrow for joy. Chains for freedom. Law for grace. Rejection for acceptance. Defeat for for victory and death for life. Look at that exchange. It's almost too good to be true. But for the grace of God, my sin laid on him and his righteousness laid on me. What an exchange. And you can take a breath this morning and go, whoa, it's done. It's a finished, complete work. And why? Why did Jesus do that? Why did he come and be our saviour? All because of love. Undeserved, unrequired love. A love that was given before it could be returned. A love that was given before even we were born. 
And 1 John 4.10 says, This is love, real love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. And He sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. To take away my sins. Personalise that. Not to take away their sins, to take away my sins. Real love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to take away my sin. A love that is wider and higher and deeper than any mistake I can make or you can make. No greater love, a perfect love, a love that I never need to add to, I just have to receive and respond to. That's where we stand today, in an amazing place of freedom and grace where we have the opportunity to receive and respond. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you and He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that his death could pay the penalty for my mistakes in my past and his life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer, and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the Word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you, and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey 
following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.